Well, we're going to talk about choices again. Uh, important or urgent? Let me, uh, let me read some scripture for you, and uh, we'll get started. Dr. Luke writes, As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed them into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing, and she came to, the, to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, Dear Martha, you're worried and upset over all these details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary had discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. All things that are urgent aren't necessarily important. If we don't know what's important, everything is going to seem urgent. Today we're going to explore choosing between that which is important over that which is, is urgent. And the choices we make will determine uh, what dominates our time. There just doesn't seem to be enough hours in the day if we just had more time. If only people would leave us alone so we could get what we need to get done, done. We've all said it. We've all hoped it would. But here's what we've discovered. We all have time to invest in what we choose. Let me say that again in case you were sleeping and I want to jog you. We all have time to invest in that what we cho which we choose. Are you going to choose the urgent or are you going to choose the important? Our struggle comes in distinguishing between that which is important and that which is urgent. And if we don't know the difference, we'll never, ever, ever be able to uh, understand or choose the important. Um, we will, by default, choose the urgent every time. And I know some of you are thinking, well, hey, come on. All things, everything that we do, everything is urgent. It's, it's all urgent. And, and maybe that's correct. Situations and circumstances we face in our lives can be both urgent and important. But the reality here is that those urgent and important events are kind of few and far between. Let me give you a couple of examples. Your car. The car quits running. That's urgent. That's very urgent. But if the engine blows up because we didn't change the oil, we've been forced from the urgent. We've been we've been forced into the urgent because we lacked the important. New cars have this thing that says time to change the oil soon. Or you have a sticker up on your window that says oil needs to be changed in X amount of miles on this particular date. Unless you're married to a mechanic and he can fix it, so don't worry about it. Another example is when we get sick. Our health care becomes urgent all of a sudden, but when we're sick because of stress, or we aren't sleeping, or we aren't eating right, then we've neglected the important and are forced to deal with the urgent. My back has nothing to do with suspenders. I got this at 7 o'clock Friday night from my doctor on the telephone calling me. That's the kind of doctor I have. She says, John, 
I'm not going to tell you exactly what she said, but I've got bone spurs. Big bone spurs. Humongous. These things look like teeth. I said, well, is that what's causing me my pain? She said, well, I don't really know, but probably, maybe. We'll see. I'm going to give you prednisone. Now, I'm in urgent. I am re- this is really urgent. Now, I don't know how I could have made this just important because I get checkups regularly. And I blame it all on weight loss. Had I remained fat, I wouldn't hurt. But when we're sick because of stress, anybody in here? I know a bunch of you that are carrying stress like a couple of Mace Knight suitcases. Or we aren't sleeping and you're not sleeping because of the stress. There's not enough room in the bed for you, your spouse, and the suitcases. Or we're not eating right because our hands are full carrying all this stupid baggage. We've neglected the important and we're forced to deal with the urgent. And if we don't understand it, everything becomes urgent. Urgent dominates our time and crowds out that which is really important. And in the text this morning, we're going to look at two women, Mary and Martha, who were involved in the same situation. But each of these ladies, truly wonderful women of God, made choices that were quite different. And we can learn something from their responses, which, is going to help, which will help us distinguish between important and the urgent. Mary and Martha were sisters to Lazarus. Remember, Lazarus was probably Jesus' best friend, next to the apostle John, whom he loved. Um, but but in, this, in this life, Jesus and Lazarus, were, they, were, they were really knit soul to soul. And uh, these sisters were living with him. And they lived in the town of Bethany, and Bethany wasn't too far outside of Jerusalem, which was kind of the place where Jesus would come and go and irritate the, the Pharisees. And they were good friends, so he probably spent a lot of time uh, at this house as he was coming through. And, and I imagine him being a regular guest, the, the family was always excited when they received word that he was on his way for a visit. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Martha gets frantic. The house is a mess. What are we going to eat? What are we going to feed them? Where are we going to seat them? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And I understand Martha's concern. She wanted to be a gracious host. And the hospitality in the, in the uh, Near East was a big deal back then. It, it probably still is. One of the worst things you could do, be in Jewish culture was being inhospitable. Factor that in with, with Jesus and his 12 disciples because he'd travel with them and there may have been some hangers-on that were going along with him. So Jesus and 15 to 20 people were coming to see Lazarus and we've got to feed him. And what happens around your house if 15 to 20 people just said, hey, we're coming over? You would go into panic mode, some of you. Um... I don't think that had happened with the Nancy Helsers. Tamara just defrosted a couple more casseroles. <laughs> and if you need more food, call Tamara. She'll send over a couple more casseroles. But it becomes very urgent. And we all get it. I live with a Martha. 
if you come over just for popcorn and lemonade, the windows will be washed, the floors will be washed, the beds will be made, the toilets will be scrubbed, and I'll even have to be sent to my room to clean that mess up, and nobody ever goes in it. So what difference does it make? It makes a difference because this house is going to be hospitable. See, for her, that's what's important for hospitality to be extended in the Batson home. Now, both sisters had an important task, but Martha's problem, as Luke records it, is that she was distracted by that task in front of her. Not wrong, not bad. She wasn't, she wasn't being uh, uh, sinful or anything other than she was being distracted. Service took precedence over the Savior. Task became more important than relationship. And here's a lesson for all of us. The urgent, listen to this, the urgent will always distract us from the important. Always. The urgent will always distract us from the important. And Martha's distraction not only caused her to miss a deeper relationship with Jesus, but it also caused some heartburn with her sister. And she complained, Lord, tell Mary to help me here. She told Jesus. Now, think of this. You know, you're a relationship that has become so, so, you've been, become so comfortable in this relationship that here is the Savior of the world sitting there eating ribs, beef ribs, sitting there eating and, and not really maybe having a little finger food, you know, nachos, dip, whatever they ate back then. But, but she's sitting there, he's sitting there, and, and, and her sister is sitting at his feet, soaking in all that Jesus was teaching and telling. And, and, and Mary was, was, she could care less about the food, you know, eat some more nachos, it'll be okay. And then Martha complained to her Savior. And I don't think that it caught right then. It, it, it will down the, in the passage. But she says, Lord, tell Mary, you tell Mary to help me here. I'm working myself half to death and she's just sitting there. This is outrageous. Help me out here. And Jesus, Jesus could have been all over her like a cheap suit. But he said, just, just gave her a gentle rebuke about being consumed with the urgent and missing the important. Are you so busy in your life that you fail to take time out to get in the Lord's Word, get in the Bible, and wait upon the Holy Spirit to speak to your spirit? Are you so busy with the urgent of meeting that deadline, of cooking that meal, of getting the kids off to school, if they're late, there's not going to, nobody going to die. Are you so captivated by the urgent that you miss the important? Get up a little earlier. Instead of sitting that snooze alarm, maybe just lay there and pray. Lord, speak to me today. What is it that you have? What's my assignment for this morning? Tell me. I'm waiting for you. Tick, tick, tick. Okay, uh, I, I, you I guess you'll, you'll, you'll talk to me throughout the day. And he's saying, well, talk to me throughout the day. So you don't let the urgent 
take place of the important. Uh, the f- so so I've, got, I've got three ways to prevent the urgent from crowding out the important here. The first thing I want you to look at, create artificial deadlines. I learned this at West Point. <clears throat> create artificial deadlines. We had to have something done, <clears throat> delivered by <clears throat> Friday. It was Monday, and we had to do it. We, we set the, the deadline, if we could, for Wednesday, so we had some flex. And I took that with me uh, all, through, all through life. And I do that for the messages. You know, Sarita was on me. She says, well, you're, you know, you're, you're, uh, you're busy doing this, you're busy doing that. I never see you. When are you doing your message? Well, I'm now, I've now become a multitasker. And I can do things. I'm, I'm a better, I'm a wiser use of my time. And so uh, I'm, I'm digesting this thing all week long, all last week. I've been working on this series a month ago, two months ago. So it's there, it's percolating, it just needs to be taken care of. So when is, I want, I, I, I'm going to ask you to, to tell me this, so this, you have permission here. When is my sermon actually due? Today? Sunday? No. 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 You know, it's... It, okay, yeah, I got to stand and deliver this morning. So in actuality, it is. It's, it's due at a quarter to ten. Or eleven. This is solo act. I'll tell you when you can talk. My artificial deadline is 6.45 Wednesday. Matt, yes, you were, Kenny. Do we have any deacons that can escort this man to the back? Sometimes, I got to do this because it takes Matt time, because he's a busy guy, to put this piece of the ministry together, and I don't want to inconvenience him, but sometimes life gets a toehold on me, and, and Friday shows up. And if I don't set that deadline, I let too many other things crowd into that time, and suddenly on Saturday at 6 p.m., it'll be urgent, and there's, there's no end to the stress that I've created for my brother Matt. Now, here's the cool thing. He's never chided me. He has never complained. In fact, if I mess up, Matt will make it seem like it's his fault. I don't want to abuse that. He apologized for, and I don't even think, who set this up today? You did? That figures. So it's like that. Matt apologized. Who? Who? You keep it up, boy, you're going to be out of the will. It doesn't matter what else I do. If I'm not prepared for our time together on Sunday morning, everyone knows it. I was sick. You knew it. I knew it. Jesus knew it. And it, no, it did not come together. It was, it was like, it was like this message was sneezed out of my nose and everybody ducked. <laughs> Nobody caught a thing. Maybe they did. Maybe the Holy Spirit talked to you, but man, I just, uh, it was, it was, uh, 
But having that artificial deadline forces me to focus on the most important thing, and it may not work exactly like that for you. But in your job, you know you want to take a long weekend. You've got to prepare. So you want to get everything done. You know you have this much that you've got to do by, by Friday. So you set an artificial deadline so you have Wednesday and Thursday to get it finished. It's important before, if, it's important before if you, but if you, if you wait until you get back to take care of things, this thing is going to be urgent. Now the second thing we can keep the urgent from crowding out the important is to be selective in our yes. I'm not going to single anybody out. I'm not going to name names. But I'm standing here in front of people knowing that they don't know how to say no. Just saying. Don't know how to say no. Say yes to everything. Yes, 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 and no, 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 no to that person who is important in, the li- in your life. That then makes everything urgent rather than important. Be careful about your yeses. Yeses are good. I love to hear yes. Sometimes, after the fact, I don't mind hearing no. Because no can be good for me. The largest barrier to a fruitful life is not commitment, but overcommitment. You can be committed to everything. And pretty soon, nothing receives the attention and the detail that you need to be giving. If you really need to get something done, give it to a busy person. (laughs) I, I know who you are. And that's why I ask you to do these skits. You're busy people. You didn't have time to prepare. I completely forgot. Don, I talked to Kay. And see, originally the, the, the prime time people were going to do it. And, and they, they, can I tell the news or no? Okay, the news. Guy, guys want to hear some news? Lindsay is pregnant. So you're busy. Four months, four, four weeks. How many months? Four? Three, two, one, boom. Yes, because Kay's not here. But Lindsay and Jared are going to have a baby, and everybody's healthy and happy and excited, and so he's going to be another grandpa and a pain in the neck. He just We all are, and it's good. But you know what? They're busy people. And busy people need to be reminded sometimes, and sometimes you just have to go to the busy person and say, hey, will you do this? And they don't say no. Unfortunately, we who are the yes people think we have to and can do everything. Where's that written in the Bible? Show me. I want to see that. Because I'll change my ways. I'll start saying yes all the time. Because here's the deal. You're saying yes, and you say, but John, this is urgent. And it's important. Yeah, but there's importance elsewhere. And you need to be paying attention to being able to say no and stop saying yes. She's not looking at me, is she? Yeah, 
Some of it could be enabling. Some of it just be, yay, the, this person's in a jam and for the rest of your life you're going to be helping them out of the jam and say no. But we don't. We need to learn how to say no to good opportunities so we can say yes to the best opportunities. Martha needed to say no to the good opportunity. Yes, I've got to feed these people, but so what if it's an hour late? We have time to do the best thing by sitting at our master's feet. He's not going to be here long. We've heard him tell us that he's going to be dying uh, uh, on the cross, and we don't have, to have time to spend with him, so let's capture every spare moment we can when he's here. So they needed, to, and, and this is what Mary did. She said no to the good and yes to the best. And we'll disappoint a few people along the way. But when you say no, you can preface it with, no is not never. No is no right now. But I'll say yes when I get some margin in my life. If we're going to choose the important over the urgent, we have to learn to be selective with our yes. The third way we can keep the urgent from crowding out the most important thing is to do what matters most. God, family, service, church, however you want to call it. God, family, service. I'm so impressed with my young brother who left a dynamic, blossoming ministry thousands of miles away so he could take care of the most important thing, his bride. I am so impressed, Ben. You, you're good for my heart. You remind me of what I need to be to my 50-plus year bride. Thank you. Take a page out of this young man's book. And ladies, take a page out of this young woman's book. She doesn't have many bad days. Look at her. She's almost grinning. There she goes. There it is. It's there. I'm sorry to embarrass you, but my word, this is what I'm talking about. This is what this message is talking about. Be careful to take care of the things that matter the most. Your relationship with God. Have you been slip sliding with Jesus where you're getting up a little later and you're not spending the time or even you get so distracted during the course of the day that you're not taking time to talk to the Lord? You know, where you feel like maybe you've got to reintroduce yourself because maybe he forgot you, you haven't talked to him for so long? That's truly the purest inter interpretation of the gospel lesson today. Mary chose to do first what mattered most, to be with Jesus. Again, I'm not hammering on Martha by way of application, though. It is the good over the best. Or, and, and that's we need to choose the best over the good. And I know how it is. We get distracted by all items on our to-do list that we let our time with Jesus kind of slip away and, uh, you know, I'll get around to it and it's never urgent or important until the crisis comes and then we want to run to Jesus. Guess what? He'll be there. Yeah, I don't, I don't know where you're at right now. I know where some of you are at and I ache with you. But Jesus hasn't moved. He's still there. 
He's still waiting. He's a gentleman. He's not, going to, he's not going to insert himself into your life if you say, I don't have room right now. But if we're going to choose the important over the urgent, we have to choose Jesus first because he's what matters. And that's not legalistic. But if I'm going to choose what's most important every day, I need to seek the one who's most important every day. Mary chose what was, is better and it, it, can't, it, it can't be taken away from her. We have a choice. We have a time for what we choose to have time for. We can make excuses or we can make progress. We can't do both. If we choose that which is most important, then there won't be many things that are urgent. Mary was distracted by urgent things. And Martha, uh, Mary was, Martha was distracted by urgent things. And Mary didn't allow the urgent to crowd in on her life. So she chose what was most important. And it will never ever be taken away from her. That's why, with the help of Jesus, we can choose every day important over urgent. Yeah, it's urgent that you get to work. It's urgent that you do your job. It's urgent that you give, give your, your employer the absolute best that you have to give him. And the retired people retired people think well hey I've done my bit I worked for 30 years at the Santa Fe or wherever and so now it's time for the to let the youngins take over the church do the church work serve oh my wife knows I love her I told her last week but we get to that place of not allowing time for that which is most important. Spending time with Jesus. Quality time with your family. And then when you're ready to serve, you give it 110%. Well, John, I don't have a place to serve. Come see me. I'm trying to find somebody to play a fife and a bagpipe. belongs to you, not me. I just, I just planted the seed. Ain't growing very fast. But here's some service. Say, well, what else can I do, John? Well, I don't know. What do you want to do? I learned a very important lesson two weeks ago. If you want to do something in the church, you know, un unless it's doing something that's, that's immoral or questionable or something like that, you tell me, John, I want to do thus and so fine. I don't have any money and I don't have any people. But go for it! And if it really takes off, we'll find the money. And I'll guilt somebody. No, I won't either. I'll find, we'll find people to help you accomplish that ministry. If you want to do something, a, a, a crazy, crazy thing. Family day with, with uh, 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 I, I, eight or nine. Here we're opening up the church to a bunch of recovering, and maybe some of them aren't recovering, addicts, alcoholics, people who are, who, whose lives have been messed up, don't understand family, but we're opening up this church, and we're saying, we'll be your family for a day. Come on out and meet these people. They're good people. They're funny. They have a, they have a passion for Jesus Christ. 
they look different they act different some of them may talk different some of them may say things that you haven't heard and when you did your mom washed your ears out with soap they were so bad but you know what they're in love with Jesus and they bring their kids they play they eat and if you look real hungry they'll probably feed you for nothing that's a ministry it doesn't happen every week but when it happens we're all in and you know Bart's never asked for a dime never a dime in fact Bart says we're going to pay our own way and we don't want your money you give it where it goes so ministry we choose every single day we seek who are we to seek who we seek every day with his help will choose the important over the urgent does that resonate with you man it's hitting me right between the eyeballs and I thank the Lord for that Father God we love you and we love this this word that you've given us and Lord I pray that there's somebody else besides me that's been convicted by the Spirit of God to take these things to heart to seek the important over the urgent to not let urgent crowd in our lives but Lord there is one urgent thing the most urgent thing of all is our relationship with Jesus Christ and friend if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior that's urgent I know most of you and I know all of you I may be preaching to the choir here but maybe just maybe there might be someone that says you know I've gone through the motions I'm not saved John I don't know Jesus as my savior well if that's the case it's really easy you can pray a prayer and the prayer doesn't save you he said Lord Jesus I ask you to come into my life and save me from my sin I believe, I believe when, you, when you died for my sin, you came into my life, you died on the cross for me. If I was the only one in the world to need it, in the history of mankind, you would have done it just for me. I thank you for it. And I give you my life, Lord. In your son's name, amen. If there's a one here that has been kind of struggling with this urgent over the, over the important let me pray with you. Anybody, you know, close your eyes, bow your heads. I don't want to look around, but anybody can, are, are you standing with me at all? Slip your hands up. I want, to, I want to pray with you. Anybody? You've allowed the urgent to sneak into your, not sneak in, to waltz in, to march in to your life, crowding out the important. Anybody? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Father God, I give my brothers and sisters over to you and I ask them, ask you to speak truth into their lives and remind them how very much you love them in your son's name. Amen.